Hello, hello, hello to all my friends. Welcome back to yet another episode of absolutely nobody's favorite podcast, Annoying Question Boy. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for uh, checking out the show. I really appreciate it. Um, First and foremost, I've had to give this announcement uh, for like the past month, but I apologize for the background noise. It's actually raining right now, which might make me have to record this later, but um, because I live in a capitalist system, I get to work six to seven days a week to pay my bills, Uh, so you're going to hear my car in the background because I'm recording while I'm driving. Uh, I apologize. But um, So something that I really wanted to talk about today is just kind of just kind of taking a moment to really look at where we are uh, right now in, in really, you know, time and space and history and really trying to understand, like, how to grapple with that. So um, it, it doesn't really matter if you're, a, you know, a socialist, a conservative, uh, whatever you want to call yourself. I think that we can all certainly agree that right now is a period of time of, of just pure fear for everyone. Um, even the ruling class, you know, those people in power in the United States are becoming fearful. Uh, even people like Donald Trump are becoming so fearful that for some reason he's just straight up attacking the Dems from the left, which is bonkers, and saying that he's not going to sign unless he gets $2,000 to everyone. Now. We can talk about the fact that $2,000 isn't even enough money for everybody, not even close, but, you know, we don't need to spend time on that. Let's talk about the fact that the United States people, again, whether that is, you know, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, socialist, whatever, the United States people are so ill-supported, or I should say, are not supported to a point where that one of the worst presidents, one of the least qualified presidents, which is an oxymoron, one of the least qualified presidents we've ever had is standing up against a bill which has taken nine months to come to a proposal which both the Democrats and the Republicans, the House and the Senate have been able to agree on, okay, nine months and one of our least credible, our least qualified presidents is saying, actually, you guys did it wrong. They need more money. Like, that is the perfect way to, to, to really start our conversation about where we're at in America. So I think that if we're to understand where we are at in America we kind of have to take a little bit of a thousand-yard view and look at kind of where we are in comparison to other places in the world. So the United States, as we know, is one of, if not the wealthiest states in the world, right? It spends billions of trillions of dollars every single year frivolously like no one could believe. And so one would assume that at the very least they are a, they are capable of attaining that much wealth. Whether or not we are wealthy is not really important. The fact of the matter is when, you know, push comes to shove, if so and so needs 4 trillion dollars to send to Israel, 
or four billion dollars, excuse me, to send to Israel. Well, guess what? That four billion dollars is going to appear out of thin air. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's that's just a fact of the matter. It, we always have billions of dollars to throw away at our military, even though you know most people would argue we're not at war. Um, so it seems kind of fishy that if okay we're not at war, why are we spending eight hundred billion dollars a year on military stuff? Seems unnecessary. But so I think that just about everyone, regardless of what your political affiliation or your ideology is, you can agree that right now things are going disastrously wrong in the world, right? There's 90 million people which have been out of a job uh, somewhat indefinitely since February. There's 20 to 30 million people who are at risk of losing their homes due to their inability to pay rent, okay? But what we have to contextualize is that you zoom out, right? Look at countries like Iran. The reason why so many millions of people have been able to enjoy the privilege of having a home whatsoever here in the United States is due to inherently, you know, it's at the very least strictly connected to the actions taken in places like Iran, right? We go to the Middle East, we bomb the shit out of them. Uh, I forget who it is that said it, but it was one of the, uh, the head military officials who basically said that we have bon- bombed places in the Middle East back to the Stone Age. And that is a you know, crazy turn of phrase. But what that means is that we have completely destabilized an entire location. Not just a city, not just a country, but an entire location. The Middle East, which many of us can't even place on a map. We have completely bombed them and created such awful conditions in their, you know, in their world to a point where they are considered Stone Age level advanced. That means they have no control over their economy. They have no control over their society. They have no control over their lives whatsoever, right? But this is all done under the guise of democracy. We're going to places like Iran to spread American ideals like freedom and liberty, right? That's what, that's what our boys are doing over there, right? And I think that we here in America and other centers of capitalism, that means like industrialized nations, um, we really have to reckon with the propaganda which we stomach our entire lives centered around war, you know? The United States has been at war for 227 of its 244 years of existence. Like, take a moment to think. We have been at active war for more than 90% of our country's existence. That's over 227 years of active warfare. That is the country which we grow up in, right? 
And so it's only, you know, understandable. It's, it only makes sense as to why they would convince us that war is not actually a bad thing, but morally it's a good thing. You know, we're going to these places to spread the, the ideas of freedom and democracy, which we get to enjoy in America, to these people. But, I mean, to, to really start at the bare bottom of, of addressing this, um, who asked us to, to, for our democracy? Did the people of, say, Iran ask us if we would come give them, you know, our ideas of freedom and democracy? Were we called there by the Iranian people? And the second question would be, how are guns and bombs spreading those ideas? Okay? So if we want to contextualize the shit situation that the majority of people in America are experiencing today, we really have to wrestle with the atrocious situation which a majority of the entire world has been in simply to create a moderately sustainable, stable, and liberal, quote-unquote, society that we here in America have enjoyed, you know. I grew up in central New York. Never once did I think, am I going to have food tonight? Never once did I think, oh, geez, am I going to, you know, be able to have a home tonight? I never had these thoughts, right? I would argue that a lot of people in America, you know, your common people, don't really have these thoughts as often as some others might, right? There's literally people in America today who are dying on the side of the street because they cannot afford a home right? That, which is a, 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the rule, but the, geez, Louise. Basically, it's a very small percentage of our population which lives like that, right? Look at places in South America and you realize that that is the majority of people in those places. You know, They do not have any dignity to structure their own societies, to structure their own countries in a way which would be able to deal with the massive inequality which capitalism has created in those states, right? And so we have to understand that the reason why we here in America have been able to enjoy freedom is not because we're free, but because in comparison to these places which capitalism and the United States have completely enslaved, in comparison to those places, we're free. But American people today, or ever, unless you are a member of what we might call the ruling class, or you're a person of power or prestige, you know, wealth or actual political power or social power, you are not free in this country. Okay, why, why am I going to work six to seven days a week? If I'm supposedly free, well, guess what? I don't want to go to work. But if I want to eat, if I want to have a place to live, if I want to be able to afford my car, which I am required to have in order to get a job, you know, there's always that little question, do you have reliable transportation? So I'm required to have this car in order to have a job. And yet if I don't go to work six to seven days a week, I lose this car. And then how do I get a job? How do I pay for my bills? How do I feed myself? And thankfully, I don't have any children and I don't really have anyone that I take care of. Imagine that I did. You know, Imagine that I'm going to work six to seven days a week in order to support my family of three 
you know, my significant other and our two children, shall we say. And then a pandemic hits. And then I'm out of a job for nine months. And then my government turns around and says, listen, guys, I know I get it. It's been hard, right? We've all struggled. I had to take, you know, only two breaks this year rather than four. Um, I get it. It's hard, right? How about we give you a nice little $600 check? How about that, right? That to people who have lived in America during this time, your working people, which is the majority of people in the world, not just in America, but the majority of people in the world are working class. That $600 check to the people of America who have literally been, you know, fearing for their lives for 10 months whether that's because of COVID or just the simple fact of the matter that they don't have a job and they can't pay their bills, that $600 is a slap in the fucking face. And it's nothing else. Because it will do nothing to help anyone. That is not, for most people, even a rent payment for a month. In my area, which is a basically shitty area, I can't even get an apartment for $600 a month. You know what I can get with $600? A gun. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, um, yeah, we have to understand here in America that the reason why we have lived such privileged lives, and I know a lot of people want to sit here and say, well, I've struggled with this, I've dealt with that, da 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 I'm not privileged. Yes, you are. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. Okay? Do, do you go every day wondering where your next meal is going to come from. Like, sincerely, like having zero idea how you're going to feed yourself. No? Okay. Well, guess what? You're pretty fucking privileged compared to a majority of the world. So how do, how, how do we, as people in America, how do we conceptualize these things? You know, because for a lot of folks, it's not necessarily that they feel attacked when they're presented with this information. I mean, they might. But it's mostly that they don't know how to conceptualize it, right? They don't have a mental picture for it because they haven't experienced these things. That's true for anyone. If you told people a hundred years ago what uh, an iPhone was, they wouldn't be able to conceptualize it, right? So how do you get people in the centers of capitalism to contextualize the struggle and the plight of the average person, the majority of people outside or in the peripheries of the centers of capitalism? Well, you tell them about it, right? How little information do we here in America hear about the struggles of people outside of America? How little information do we get that is factual and not politically oriented towards proving a point? You know, why do we not see news reports about the millions of people who are starving and dying in Haiti because of the fruit of the loom and other U.S. corporations, businesses, which employ the majority of people, yet do not provide a livable wage, right? Why do we not hear about these things? Why do we not hear about the coup that took place in Bolivia, except in the case of either one, leftists and folks within that camp arguing for, you know, the reason why this was a coup and why, you know, what its motivations were, or on the opposite, saying there was no coup and calling the governments of these countries authoritarian and dictatorships, right? We don't have any just simple factual journalism, factual news. That's a problem. 
So I think first and foremost, what you can do to get people to understand these problems, to know how these problems are affected by the things in America, and really how to oppose and combat these things, the the easiest way to start that conversation is by even just telling them what the problems are. And in a lot of cases, you're going to get a lot of pushback. But that's why I believe history is something that is so intrinsically important to our movement. Because history can say, okay, that's cool that you don't believe this idea, or that's cool that you don't think that that happened. Here is historical evidence to prove it, okay? And that, I think, is a problem which we here in America really don't know how to solve. Because so much of our conversations in politics, in academia, in just society in general, are centered around ideas, you know, what we think, what our opinion is, without taking into account that most of us have no fucking clue what we're talking about. I can't tell you how many people on different social media platforms or just in conversations that I've had try to explain to me why my ideas are, are wrong or bad without even simply being able to define, define something as simple as socialism, right? These are the people who are our opposition on the left, and yet they rule this fucking world. That needs to be combated. How's how's a way that we can combat this? By presenting people with factual information and letting them decide for themselves what they want to think. You know, you cannot force someone to believe the things that you and I are talking about right now, that we on the left have been talking about for generations, okay? You cannot just simply convince someone of these things. They have to understand them. They... To some extent, they have to agree with them before they can understand them. And so there's a huge effort that needs to go into even just convincing one person that the United States is bad. I've been spending, you know, two whole years with my grandma, and just now she's beginning to understand that socialism is not authoritarianism. That could be due to a lack of my education, but we're working on that, right? And so I think that's something that. I really wholeheartedly want to focus on is building these tools, these avenues of education. I don't know really how to go about it, but this is certainly something which we desperately need. On the left in general, you have a million different tendencies. You have a million different ideologies, you know, of what we think is going to work. Hey, what has worked? And we can sit here and argue that there has been no successful people's revolution, but there has been. It might not be perfect. It might not be our picture of what we want a people's revolution to look like, but it has provided for the needs of people in a way which capitalism has not. In Cuba, in China, in the USSR, in Venezuela, in Bolivia, in Chile, all over the, or not Chile, um, all over the world. There has been true people's movements which have pushed the needle forward in what it is to provide for the people's needs. Okay? We don't have to agree with these things. We don't have to support these things because they're what you know we want as our picture of socialism. But we have to agree with these things and we have to support these things because they are fundamentally improving people's lives. 
And if our mission is to work towards the betterment in general of people's lives across the world, then these are things that we have to learn from. These are things that we have to show our support for because otherwise, you know, we know that in places like America, in places like Canada, and all over the world in these huge media spheres, in these huge centers of capitalism, you're not going to get any accurate, any, you know, true coverage. And so we as leftists have to be that true coverage. Now, does that mean we have to sit here and say, nope, China has done nothing wrong. They're an amazing country. And so I support them wholeheartedly. No, we are to analyze the situations which are present, talk about how they are improving people's lives, critique how they can change, but all in good faith, all in non uh, antithetical, non um, uh, anachronistic ways, but in you know ways of solidarity, in ways of showing our support for these movements, which are supporting people in ways that we here in America surely aren't. You know, we can sit here and talk about, oh, well, China's state capitalist, and so we, you know, we can't really agree with what they're doing, da-da-da. Oh, yeah, what are you doing in America to help the people, huh? And that's not an attack. I'm not doing anything to help people other than recording this podcast. But you're not seeing me sit here and play armchair philosopher and pretending like I know anything about what the fuck is happening in China enough to give my idea of what needs to change. We on the left, whether you're a Marxist, a Marxist-Leninist, a socialist, an anarchist, an anarcho-syndicalist, an anarcho-communist, you know, uh, a, a left-com, like, I, I don't fucking care what your tendency is. We have to take a step back and say, okay, we have no power in the world. None. We have no control in the centers of capitalism. We have no way of truly influencing change right now. A way which that can change is by putting aside our differences which do not need to be addressed at this current moment and supporting the movements which are leading towards the world which we want to see, okay? Again, can we have conversations about what they're doing wrong? Sure, but that should not be our intention when giving discussions about these things. Our intention should not be just to belittle everything that we think places like China or Venezuela or Bolivia have done wrong, but to show our support for what they have done right while giving our in good faith solidarity critiques in order to push the needle forward, to push through these problems, not to stand against these problems. Surely we have to stand against these problems, but is, is our intention in standing against those problems to stand against those problems or to stand against those people which are committing those problems? Because the thing of the matter is, is when you are working to build something like this, you are going to make mistakes. I don't care how much theory you read. I'm a, I don't care how much practice you put into play. You are going to make mistakes. When you are in charge of a billion people, those mistakes take lives. Does that mean that people like, um, you know, Mao meant for the, the deaths of those who died during the Cultural Revolution and subsequent movements since? No. 
Does that mean Lenin intended to watch hundreds of thousands of his fellow proletariat Russians die in the October and February revolutions? Or I guess not the February revolutions because those were bourgeois revolutions, but no, that's not the intention. The intention is to fight for a better tomorrow, and there are consequences for that fight. There are consequences for the fact that human beings are in charge of that fight, and that human beings do this thing where they like to make mistakes pretty often, okay? Guys, I feel like crying. I really do. Because so much of the conversation which I have with my fellow leftists, with people who are supposed to be my brothers and sisters, my comrades are about what I or they are doing wrong or thinking wrong, right? Guys, we have to come together. We have to realize that we are no better separated. We are no better for it. Can we stand on our moral high horse? Sure, but guess what? We're still going to get shot right off of it. We have to come together. We have to put aside those differences which do not need to be addressed right now. Oh, you don't support the use of a vanguard party? Okay, we don't even have an organization which is leading towards, like, you know, even educating the masses on what uh, the vanguard party even is. Okay? So let's not talk about these things. Let's talk about things which we can, you know, impact and change right now. Something that we do not have is an organization which is working towards this. That needs to be built. Does that mean building a new organization or going inside of one and building it anew? I don't know. But I can't have these conversations with people because if I say, oh, the IWW isn't political enough, or the PSL is reformist, or the DSA is a bunch of fucking liberals, well, guess what? That's going to put me in opposition to a lot of people. So we don't need to have those conversations. But if all we're having is those conversations, then we're going to feel the need to have those conversations. Someone needs to stand up and say, let's stop having these conversations until these conversations need to be had. Okay? If a million people join the DSA and it's still liberal as fuck, well, then maybe we put aside the DSA. But we, we can't do that if, if we're not doing anything already. If we, if we haven't even, you know had true, genuine conversations about these things. If we've just instead spent time arguing with one another about what we disagree with in our, you know, our analysis. Great. Who the fuck are you to tell, you know, really anyone what their analysis is doing wrong if, you know, I can't have a conversation with you and say what your analysis is doing wrong. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to be wrong many times over. That's why we need to come together. Because if we have a million people thinking about this rather than 10, there's a good chance that we're probably going to work through those problems, right? Um, yeah, so let me, let me just hold on here. If... um. If what we're really working towards is change, working towards building a people's world, then we got to start somewhere, guys, and we, we haven't, okay? We, we have not in America. That needs to change. Um, if you're still listening to this, thank you very much. I appreciate and love you. 
Um, If this was your first time tuning in, just know that I'm available just about anywhere you can find podcasts. So if you didn't like where you were streaming me now, try to find me on your, you know, regular streaming platform. Hopefully I'll be there. Uh, Also, if you would prefer something in written form, I do a blog, which is called annoyingquestionboy.blogspot.com. You can find it right there. No caps, no spaces, nothing special about that. Um... I wrote a book uh, called Liberation is Irresistible. If you want to hear more about that, jump back a few podcasts. And I've done two episodes on, you know, the main thesis and the main argument within my book. Um, I just emailed my manuscript to Pluto Press. Uh, So, like, it's real, guys. Like, hopefully, you know, coming soon, I'll release it as a PDF. But, like, if you guys are interested in reading that, it's coming soon. Please go ahead and follow my social medias. I'm really trying to build this podcast, this blog, and make it like a full-time thing for me. It's what I'm passionate about. It's what I care about. I don't want to go work at a smoke shop six days a week. Please help my dreams come true. Um, I'm thinking about doing a Patreon. The only difficulty with that is I don't know, first and foremost, what you folks would want me to do with a Patreon. And secondly, I don't know when I'll be able to do those things with a Patreon. So we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, for now, please follow my social medias. Please uh, rate and review me wherever you're listening to me. It helps uh, extend my reach. It helps uh, get me into the algorithm. So just please help me in whatever way you can. Um, I hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, and staying uh, hopeful as we can during these awful and trying times. I know we're all struggling right now, and we all could use a helping hand. So if there's any way that you you think uh, you need help, Uh, You can reach out to me. Hopefully there's something that I could do or someone I could connect you to to help you in that way. You can reach out to me, quite honestly, just to talk, right? Uh, We got to build community. We got to build friendship. Uh, You can reach out to me at annoyingquestionboy at gmail.com and we can talk there, right? I hope everybody is having a great day. Uh, This is coming out on Christmas Eve. If you celebrate Christmas... um, Merry Christmas Eve. If you don't, happy holidays. I hope you're able to enjoy some relaxation and some rest with your family and your loved ones during these times. Uh, And I hope that to some extent you're able to recuperate from the awful experience, which has been 2020. Uh, I love you all. Solidarity to you all. Um, And finally, I would like to just say, just just a real quick rant. Uh, I wholeheartedly stand against U.S. imperialism in all forms, not including or not limited to but including the sanctions on places such as Palestine, Iran, Venezuela and other countries during these times which is cutting off very necessary medical and food supplies to people who are have literally been strangled by the United States and its cohorts for 400 years. It's time to stop. We have to stand against US imperialism and imperialism in general. It cannot any longer be allowed to continue. This is an international movement. We have to stand in solidarity with those internationally, right? So with that being said, I stand wholeheartedly in support for the Peruvian Communist Party's uh, movements right now in Peru, also with the, uh, the Indian uh, Farmers Movement, which is standing against the Modi government's passing of the three agricultural laws, uh, and also I stand in full support of Venezuela. I stand in full support of Bolivia and its leader, Evo Morales. Um, I stand in full support of all struggling peoples in this world, and I will continue to do so. Um, 
Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you next time.